0: What are you thinking?
1: I'm not thinking. I'm just reminding.
0: You're just smacking that ass. (laughs) Stomach pains. Sweaty palms. Please don't be driving. This is honestly going to be one of the darkest episodes that we ever freaking do on this podcast.
1: What's stomach pain?
0: You're going to feel a knot in your stomach. Uh. You're going to want to grab your private areas. Not because... That's really nasty (laughs) because it's just like a reflex. It's like when you hear a story. Okay, as a man, when you hear a story about someone getting kicked in the balls repeatedly for 44 days straight, don't you feel (laughs) a compelling need to grab your balls? Almost as if like your hands are an iron shield when it's really not. Do you not feel that? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. He's speechless, ladies. He's speechless. (laughs) <laughs> so this is really a case where you're going to want to do all of these things and so i highly request not watching this while you guys are driving because i know a lot of people listen to podcasts including myself while driving and this is just not it Sish. so what this if is not everybody just
1: stops listening
0: i'd say this is good enough that you should pull over Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So this case has, this is the case of Junko, and I feel like I'm going to say her name wrong Junko Ferrata. So I'm going to call her Junko for the rest of this podcast. And I mean, this case has been requested for the past, I want to say, three years of my YouTube career where I started really diving into true crime. And I never once spoke about it. Not once. I mean, this is that type of case where you go onto the Wikipedia page and you read through one paragraph of the crime and you just have to leave. Like you have to leave the Wikipedia page. You have to close your laptop, burn it into the depths of hell and just remove yourself from the situation because it is that dark. I don't even know how to categorize this crime.
1: What? So, but, but, so, so, why? so she's Japanese, I'm assuming, right? Yes. So why is this case so famous?
0: Because it is one of the most... I mean, there's just so many aspects. First of all, it's one of the most sickest crimes. Okay, so for a lot of other crimes, like the last episode was about the toy box killer. And with that episode, you know, we talked a lot about like fetishes of people being obsessed with like the BDSM, but taking it obviously too far where it's very illegal and they would kidnap people to do these things. But with Junko, it's a case where the torture... Just doesn't make sense. Like none of it makes sense. The torture that they put her through for forty-four days straight doesn't make sense. So
1: toy box, toy box killer is already very, very, very gruesome. Yes, the things they do. Yes. What makes this different or even I worse? I think
0: the torture is almost beyond imaginable. It's almost like this really weird, sick, twisted, creative torture, where it's like. It's things that you just think about in horror movies, not even. And so you just, there's no explaining it. There's that. I mean, the torture lasted for 44 days. And mm-hmm. you're talking about about 100 people who knew about that this was going on. And it all starts in high school. We're just going to jump right in because I mean, please get ready. My palms are already sweaty doing the research for this case took me about I want to say like close to a full day which is longer than usual and the reason it was because I just had to keep stopping like I had to keep stopping the research and I had to keep going on to like Reddit and watching cute ass cat videos I don't even love cats like what that what did you call that it's called eye bleach there's literally a subreddit called eye bleach you guys should look into it right after you're done listening to this because they just have videos of like cute cats and animals and it's super fucking wholesome and you're gonna need it after this trust Okay, so we're just going to jump right in. So Junko, she was kind of a normal teenage girl. And obviously this took place in Japan. I think it was maybe not too far from Tokyo, but it was kind of more of a calmer area, like a suburban area. And at the time of the crime, she was 16 years old. And what's interesting about her is that she was really, really pretty and really really intelligent and she got really really good grades she kind of had this good girl reputation about her and she never drank she never smoked she didn't use any recreational drugs which really wasn't super common in that high school that she was going to you know a lot of people there drank early I mean it's kind of mm. like here you know and so <laughs> even with this good girl reputation she was mm-hmm. actually really popular in school which mm-hmm. a lot of people thought was weird because you know even in America when you have someone who doesn't do those things in high school the people who do the, those things kind of like oh you're so prude and stuff mm. no and in, so, in China yeah
1: the good grades good kids get are the popular ones really oh yeah wow so it's you like you're pretty not
0: popular i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> i was quite popular <laughs> yeah
1: i got i got a couple love notes before oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. wow a hot commodity i got lucky didn't i <laughs> In this high school, there was a a boy by the name of Hiroshi. Now, Hiroshi Miyano is going to be a very interesting character in this story because he does what a lot of high school boys do, which is Mm -hmm. just brag. So he was just spending most of his time in school bragging to all of the girls, all of the boys saying, hey, listen, you better not mess with me because I have connections to the Yakuza, which if you guys don't know, Yakuza is one of like the biggest. It's kind of like imagine the Italian mafia, but japanese Mm -hmm. right and it's a little strange because when i did try to look into it i mean yakuza is an organization that is formally recognized by the government and so it's just very complicated right are they still around i believe so but i believe now they're a lot more by the books Mm. yeah but back in the day in the freaking 80s and 90s they were not by the books and you're gonna kind of understand why i say that right what does that
1: mean by the book like before they kill someone they have to
0: Like, before, they'd, like, kill a bunch of people. Now, I think they, like, try not to do that. And they're, like, just trying to be, like, I don't know. Let's talk. Yeah. Like, I want to be a publicly traded company. You know what I mean? Mm. (laughs) Type of stuff. Mm. So, Hiroshi, at the time, he was a well-known school bully. And that's kind of how he bullied everyone. He'd say, hey, listen, if you don't freaking give me your school lunch, I have connections to the Yakuza. Mm. And a lot of people took it seriously because back... back in the day in high school. A lot of people would get recruited by the Yakuza and he just was always constantly talking about it. Now, Junko, there's mixed reports. I mean, international cases are always a little bit difficult to look into, but there's mixed reports. Some said that Junko did just didn't believe that he had connections to the Yakuza and some people believe that Junko just never realized how bad it would be mm. if she got on Hiroshi's bad side. And so Hiroshi started crushing on Junko he started really liking junko and so one day he decides okay fuck it i've got balls of steel i'm part of the yakuza i'm gonna ask out junko so mm. that's exactly what he does and junko completely refuses she says listen i'm not trying to be in a relationship i'm not trying to date anybody i'm mm-hmm. just focusing on my good grades yeah and he was fucking enraged by that i mean he was so upset Like he just was so triggered that anyone dared to ever say no to him. And so a few days after the rejection, this will kind of tell you what type of person Hiroshi is. He and his friend Shinji Minato. I'm just going to call him Minato. So Mm -hmm. Hiroshi and Minato, they are experienced gang rapists. Yeah, at the young age of freaking high schoolers. They're really experienced gang rapists. They know exactly how to look for their victims. They go to these parks where a lot of people will go. And in Japan, I mean, it's it's a relatively safe area, too. So there'd be a lot of women that'd be walking home from work, walking from the train station through the park to their apartment or just having like their nightly stroll. And it would be like 7 p.m. And because they were so experienced at gang raping, they were really good at identifying which women wouldn't make a scene. Not because, you know, anything, wow. but just the fact that like they're really good at picking up body language to see which type of woman is going to scream, which type of woman is going to try to run and cause a scene and which type of woman would kind of freeze, right? And yeah, so they they did this very, very frequently. This was like their after school activity was to go to parks and gang rape woman. I can't believe I just said that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can't believe. You yeah, just I can't believe that. I yeah. just
0: said that. Like, I think, I, yeah, the minute that that came out of my mouth, I'm like, what the fuck did I just say? <laughs> okay. And so Hiroshi and Minato are at the park, and this was November of 1988, and around 8:30 p.m., the boys notice Junko on her way home riding a bike, and they decide, okay. We need to get her. Junko rejected Hiroshi. This is unacceptable. I mean, she's beautiful. Let's just gang rape her. That was their whole idea. Like, none of this is making any sense, but just bear with me, okay? And so Hiroshi told Minato, hey, pretend to be a just a bystander. Pretend like you don't know me. And they mm. said, okay, that's smart. That's smart. We've done this before. This is what we call like the heroic bystander, right? So... I'm just going to explain the whole situation. Hiroshi goes up to Junko and she's like, what are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And she's kind of Uh upset because she's a little bit nervous. I'm, you know, assuming. And Hiroshi decides to kick her bike down as she's trying to ride away from him. So like mid turning of the wheels, he kicks the wheels and she topples on over. Now, lucky for her at the time, she thought a wonderful man by the name of Minato comes running, going, hey, hey, what are you doing to her? What are you doing? Stop it. Are you crazy? Why did you just kick her off the bike? Jesus Christ, get out of here, you thug. And he was just saying all of these things. And so, you know, Junko's looking up at this man who just pretty much practically saved her life. And she's thinking, "Wow, like, thank you so much. You didn't have to do that. Like, oh, he's kind of crazy. We go to the same school. Sorry, sorry, sorry." And she gets mm-hmm. back onto her bike, and he says, "Hey, I mean, he's still kind of watching. Do you do you want me to help you home?" Uh huh. And she says, "Do you mind? I'm so sorry. Like, I'm a little scared that he's gonna try to follow me, uh-huh. and it's kind of dark." And so is like, "Yeah." Yeah, of course, I can just walk you home. It's fine. And so she gets off her bike, and she's walking her bike, and he's walking next to her, and they're talking. Right. Now, as they're talking, she's realizing that he refuses to follow her directions and keeps grabbing her to a local abandoned warehouse that allegedly had ties to the Yakuza.
1: Wait, wait, wait. How did that happen? Like he just forces her to walk with Mm -hmm.
0: him? Like in the beginning, it was probably more like, oh, I just need to pick something up real quick. It's on the way, Mm. blah, blah, blah. And then she realized, okay, now we're at this abandoned warehouse and things are not looking great. Uh And that was at the time that he revealed that he had Yakuza connections. And if she doesn't listen, that they're going to kill her entire family. And so being 16 that she is and just so terrified and petrified and also probably the realization is now sinking in that, holy shit, like I just got, Mm -hmm. I I mean, I don't even know the word for that. Like, it's not even scammed. It's not even finessed. It's like, what? Like. This person probably knows Hiroshi. I mean Yakuza connections. They were conveniently at the same place, and now he's taken me to an abandoned building. And right. so he takes her into that warehouse and then he proceeds to rape her. And then from there, he threatens her some more with her his Yakuza connections. This is Minato, by the way. This is not Hiroshi anymore. This is Hiroshi's friend Minato. And so Minato says, you know what? I'm going to bring you to a nearby hotel. You're going to wash up and everything's going to be okay.
1: So just clarify, do they have ties with? Yes. They do have ties yes. with, uh, yeah.
0: okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they have like s- very intense ties, meaning like they probably didn't have family members that were high up in the Yakuza, which I'm not exactly sure, but I think like if we get into the story, you'll kind of see, okay, it doesn't seem like the parents are involved.
1: Mm-hmm. It doesn't
0: seem like it's like a family thing. Mm-hmm. It seems like they probably got scouted by people and then now they just like want to be bad, right? And they're
1: all 16, 17?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Holy.
0: Yeah. And so then he brings her to this nearby hotel and then he proceeds to rape her again. And it really doesn't, it doesn't stop there. And I think that's the part that's just so frustrating, right? Minato calls Hiroshi and two of his other friends, okay? The two friends are called Joe Ogura and Yasushi Watanabe. And I'm just going to call them Joe and Watanabe. J and W. Actually, I'll just call them J and W. (laughs) And so Minato calls Hiroshi and these two other friends that all of them have ties to the Yakuza and they're all in high school. They're all 17, 16 at the time. He calls them to brag about what he just did. He's like, listen, dudes, you'll never guess what happened. So I took her to this abandoned building. Yeah, I fucking raped her. Like he was just bragging about it. And now you're probably thinking, "Okay, well, Hiroshi is his best friend. Mm -hmm. he's probably gonna get pissed. He's probably gonna be like, dude, bro code, like that's the girl that I was crushing on. Right. No. He was like, wait, 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 don't let her go because I want to rape her too.
1: Bro, these kids are just animals
0: yeah and so jay one of the friends is literally begging begging Minato, saying please keep her please keep her until we all go over there please keep her like i really want to have a try at a 16 year old girl that's really pretty like it's just disgusting like the way that they talk and joe is actually going to become a pivotal part of the story later on because his mother his mother then proceeds to later Uh blame junko for everything for ruining her son's life. No. Yeah, yeah. It gets fucking nuts. Okay, so Jay is like, listen, just keep all of them in cap- captivity. Like, just keep her there. I need to come and assault her. I, I want to rape her, et cetera, et cetera. Like, the fact that these words are coming out of my mouth, I can't even. And so around 3 in the morning when everything was kind of settled outside, he left the hotel with Junko and took her to the nearby park where Hiroshi and Jay and W were all waiting there. Oh, my God. Now, from there, they felt like, okay, well, she's obviously really pretty. She's intelligent. And guys, I feel like we have a good one. Like, we can't just let her go back. She goes to Hiroshi's school. She's going to tell on Hiroshi that she was assaulted and raped by them. I mean, it's just not a smart idea. We just have to kidnap her. I really Mm. think that the main reason that she was taken to a house was not because they weren't trying to get caught, but more so the fact that, she was really 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 beautiful
1: have you seen photos of her
0: yeah she's very very pretty and i think it also had to do with the fact that hiroshi is the type of dude that definitely gets off on stuff like this and the fact that she rejected him she goes to their high school i mean he wanted to keep her in captivity Mm -hmm. at that point they go through all of her backpack they rummage through all of her notebooks and they find in her notebook her home address okay and at that point they start taunting her with it they bring out that notebook and they shove it in her face and they say this is really this is just really great Junko because now we know where your family lives we know where your parents live and if you ever try to escape I will send the Yakuza and they will kill your entire family and you'll have nobody to go back to. So why even try? And She was definitely overpowered. I mean, I think the scariest thing is like, okay, when you're dealing with three high school boys, fine. But when you bring in something as well known that it's even known in the United States, like the Yakuza, this big organization that Mm -hmm. especially in the 80s was known for doing some crazy, crazy shit. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: There's literally no reason to believe that it's an empty threat. Literally no reason, especially after being raped twice. Like, there's just no reason. And so obviously she was overpowered by these three boys and she was gang raped by all four of them once again. Now, at this point, this is where it gets really, really strange. So they didn't want to let her go. So they decide, hey, you know, we're all in high school. We all live with our parents. Whose house do we bring her to? Oh, that's perfect. Let's bring her to Shinji Minato's house. This was the boy who took her to the warehouse and then took her to the hotel. That's Mm -hmm. kind of where all of the boys would hang out. It was kind of their regular spot. All four of them would constantly go there and just, I don't know, do Yakuza shit. I really don't know, right? I can't expect it to be anything good. And so at this point... (laughs) They bring her to Minato's house and they introduce Junko to his parents, both of his parents, whom live in this house, as well as his older brother that all live in this freaking house. And they say, hey, guys, this is um, <laughs> this is Minato's new girlfriend.
1: No way.
0: And she was so scared for her family she was so scared for her parents and she was so scared for her own safety she's looking at these two adults these Uh full-fledged adults and she says nice to meet you
1: oh my gosh but then don't you think she also doesn't know if she can trust them?
0: Yeah, of course. I mean, I think it's just like this. Yeah. I mean, how do you know they're not part of the Yakuza?
1: Right.
0: How are these kids part of the Yakuza? Maybe the family's part of the Yakuza. I mean, it was just a whole thing. So obviously a couple of days later, the Furuta family, Junko's parents, they contact the police about the daughter's disappearance. And they're like, mm-hmm. listen, she was on her way home at around 830 the other day. She hasn't been back. We can't reach her. I mean, we don't know what to do. Right. And the police, Somehow got word out in the community that they're looking for Junko. Junko's been missing. She's not showing up at school. Yeah. And this really pissed off Hiroshi, which I don't understand how you can get pissed off from that. Right. But it just made him really, really mad. And so he forced Junko to call her parents. Uh-huh. And to tell them that she hated living with them and she hated everything about her life and so she's running away and she's safe and sound she's staying with some friends and please mom like don't, just close the investigation i don't ever want to talk to you again i'm just so sick of this like stop having the cops looking for me like you're ruining my life
1: she did that
0: she was forced to
1: oh my gosh and what was parents um reaction to i mean that? they
0: were heartbroken
1: And they believed it.
0: And they believed it because, I mean, maybe it was the stress of her constantly, you know, achieving great grades in school. Maybe she put so much pressure on her academics. Maybe Mm -hmm. she just suddenly got into the wrong group of friends. They didn't want to do anything that made her life more miserable. And she was just telling them that, like, you're making me miserable. Get the police out of this. Like, you're Mm -hmm. making me miserable. And so that was super freaking heartbreaking. And then came the 44 days.
1: So I'm assuming like this whole story is told in Junko's perspective. She shared the story or?
0: No. This is from the boys. Oh
1: my God. Okay.
0: Yeah. Because Junko will endure 44 days of torture. Just like the most insane levels of torture. The most just fucking sick, dude. I don't even know what to say. Just sick. She passes away from the torture. And it actually, all of this comes to an end with a game of Mahjong. This isn't even like a story anymore. This is just a list of all of the disgusting things that they did to her. Mm. So for the next 44 days, she's going to be kept in the Minato house while the parents are living there.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And while the brothers there. And these four boys love hanging out there. And they admitted that these four boys just themselves between the four of them raped her over 400 times in the next 44 days oh
1: my gosh that's 10 times a day
0: yeah and what's worse is they really wanted to get a lot more respect from higher ranking yakuza members they invited over a hundred different yakuza members to rape junko They, the police and everyone that's investigated this, they estimate that she was raped a total of 500 plus times in 44 days, 44 days. It's not even 500 days. It's 44 days. The most was by 12 different men in one like gang rape situation that you think that is the end of the torture you're like okay i get it stephanie 44 days of the most gruesome torture you said it like that's it like that's the fucking torture but that's actually not it gets so much darker so i mean again it's gonna sound like a list but it's because there's just so much that i need to get out and so the torture started with something like starving her right so they would why why are they doing all these things That's what nobody knows. Nobody knows why they're so sick. I mean, these boys, like, nobody knows. So it's like a situation where, I mean, it's disgusting, it's horrendous, and nobody will ever condone it or think that it's okay but for some reason in the human brain because our world is so fucked up you hear about the rapes and you're like okay like that's so fucked up they deserve to die but i get why they did it not i get it but you see it like yeah, it you happens get it. so like, much there's
1: there's rape rapists out there yes but, but
0: the rest nobody knows
1: yeah but even these four boys 500 times like what kind of yeah sick mentality is Is that at age of 16? They
0: were so sick to the point where a lot of the times the Yakuza members and themselves even, Mm -hmm. they had... um, They had already used up their stamina being a rapist. And so they would force her to like dance around and do these very sexualized things that she did not want to do so that they could get excited again so that they could rape her again, which just doesn't make sense. Right? So, I mean, obviously we're talking about a group of very, very sick and twisted people that I just don't even think we could ever even understand like a percentage of how their brain works. Oh, and they're all alive right now. And most of them are free, by the way. (laughs) So this is great. So the torture starts with things like starving her. Now, I mean, this is kind of common with a lot of serial killers. This is common with a lot of people that hold people in captivity. But then it gets weird. Um, They start kind of using her as a source of entertainment. And so not only do they starve her, but they force her to eat live cockroaches. What? Yes. Yeah, so they'd what find... What is that about? I don't know. See, that's that's going to be your reaction to this case. And this is literally the beginning of her torture, right? So they forced her to eat these live cockroaches. And then they said, well, that's, that's not good enough. And so they make her drink tons of water. And then, hey, now for the next two days, you can only drink your urine. And so then she was forced to drink her own urine. Which, if that's not bad, then this part's going to really gross you out because... It was um, kind of a kink between all of them. I don't even like to use the word kink in this because it's just so fucked up, right? But it was kind of a thing that all of them and a lot of the Yakuza members loved to do, which was to urinate on her, to further her humiliation. And now we get into the really, really dark stuff. Um, they would beat her a lot. They would just beat her for whatever reason that they could think of. Having a bad day? Let's beat her up. Having a shit day? Let's beat her Oh, you stepped on poop today? Let's beat her up. Oh, you got a B on your history test? Let's beat her up. They would beat her up for reasons that she had absolutely no control of. And even if she did something fucked up, I mean, obviously I'm putting disclaimers, but you get it. Like they beat her up for absolutely no freaking reason. She was not trying to escape. She wasn't trying to say no to them. They would just beat her up. And while they were beating her up, up they made her sing and dance and now they would beat her with they said okay listen my fists are getting bruised because I'm a pussy ass bitch right and my fists from beating this girl up are so bruised and my knuckles hurt and so they said why don't we grab some golf clubs some iron bars and you know what some bamboo sticks because I mean why should we get hurt while we beat her up and so they started beating her up with those things and then they decided, oh, this just isn't fun anymore. And so they hung her from the ceiling upside down and they used her as a punching bag. Yeah, I mean, he's just looking at me very confused and I don't have the answers. Like, I don't have the answers why they would do that. Like,
1: like does that? did they get off on that or they just want to do whatever the hell... Their hard desires.
0: So there's a lot of mixed reviews, right? So a lot of people, because they never really said why they did this. So there's a lot of people making speculations because that's the only thing we can do now. A lot of people think either A, they all got off on it, which doesn't really seem, I don't really believe that part as much, right. or B, they were almost in this like really strange pissing contest. I mean, you're talking about boys who love bragging about being part of the Yakuza. You're not talking about boys who are like bragging about good grades. Like they're probably trying to outdo each other. They're probably trying to brag to the Yakuza what they're doing.
1: I can see that. Yeah.
0: And so it was just creating this like tornado environment of just the most four fucked up boys Mm. just trying to outdo each other in fucked upness. Right. I mean, they, I think that's also what a lot of people were saying kind of drove the, it's like, I can't find the words, like the creative aspect of this because none of this torture is normal. None of this is something that you hear in a lot of cases. None of this is like, Oh, that sucks but that's serial killer shit you know mm-hmm. this is just so weird and so from there they hung her from the ceiling to use her as a punching bag and like just think about it like all of this takes so much time energy and effort to do like these aren't even things that you can just casually do and it's fine like right. they really were just doing the most right. to really just make her life miserable and so from there they thought Ugh, Okay, we're getting a little tired, you know, hanging on from the ceiling. Maybe our ceilings aren't that secure. Maybe it's not that smart. It's making a lot of noise. Maybe we just shouldn't do that anymore. So how about we do the opposite? Why don't we have her lay on her back on the floor? Mm-hmm. And we're going to find the heaviest barbells. Uh-huh. Like the exercising, those huge weights. Right. And we're going to drop them onto our stomach. What? And this is where things really start to spiral because this almost within a couple days of doing this, this resulted in her losing complete loss of her bowel control. Like she could not hold in her pee anymore. Like she couldn't. She has no reflex or muscles around her bowels. Like, you know how we can kind of hold in our pee, but like if you hold it in too long, I mean, it's coming out. And she wouldn't even know, like she wouldn't even know how to hold in her pee because it just doesn't work. Like she could put her whole mind, body and soul into trying and to hold her pee. But once you damage those bowel control muscles, I mean, it's done. Like you think it's simple to hold in your pee, but it's really not once those are damaged. And the reason that this was such a such a bad, bad, bad part of this is because This caused her to urinate a lot on herself, on the ground, on their carpet. Mm -hmm. And this really, really pissed off the boys to the point where they would repeat more torturous things, which would then just further make the situation worse because now then she would have even less control over her bowels and then that would piss them off more. And it was just like this really dumb, evil, evil, evil cycle that they entered in. Um, And the
1: parents has no clue.
0: So at this point, I mean, it sounds crazy to say that the parents have no clue. So they did have a clue, but they were really, really scared of their own son. What? They were petrified of him. They, he was violent towards them a lot. And they also knew that he had connections to the Yakuza. And these parents just didn't think that he had the heart to not call a hit on their, like his own flesh and blood. They just felt like they would get killed so that he could rape in peace. Yeah. Which I really, I mean, I don't agree with the parents. I don't understand them, but I do see that he probably would have. He probably would have, you know?
1: Yeah, I can, I can see that. Like you're literally dealing with someone who's, yeah, they're just animals
0: yeah so this wasn't a situation of like the parents even being in denial, like no, my son would never it was I a mean, like, relief you know knew.
1: animals don't even do that, like to their
0: yeah, like you know, to their parents, yeah,, it's, <sighs> and so that was kind of like her exterior torture on her bowels. There was a lot of sexual torture as well. they would do these things where they really just got very experimental with their torture they would They would insert a lot of things into her. And I'm just going to provide a list. I don't want to describe it more, so I think the list will suffice. It's just a lot. Bottles, glass bottles, iron bars, scissors, roasting needles, like the stainless steel ones that you roast at like a 4th of July, like a barbecue, you put some meat on there, oh. like a kebab. Oh. Um. They also inserted fireworks up um, her rectum and they would set them off, which caused really insane burns. I mean, she had...
1: do a life firework?
0: Yeah. She had very, very serious burns. I mean, this torture is not... See, and the part that doesn't make sense for a lot of people is the fact that she was getting completely tortured to the point where people can't understand like I mean, initially they kidnapped her because they wanted her as a sex slave. They wanted to keep her at the Minato house so that they could just have their way with her. I mean, she was a beautiful girl. She was a girl that Hiroshi liked. She was intelligent. They just wanted her there for those reasons. But now the confusing part is, okay, well, that's just counterproductive. Like if you're thinking of, and later on, that's kind of how she passes away and there's going to be more victims, right? So they would put fireworks up her rectum. They would set them off. It would cause these serious, serious, burns and the pain of that does that mean that they would stop raping her no they would sodomize her and rape her after the fact so you're You're talking about someone with very, very serious burns in very, very, very sensitive areas who then would get raped after all of these things would happen. And so just imagine the sheer amount of pain. Don't even talk about the mental and emotional because I can't even comprehend that. Just the sheer amount of physical pain that Junko was in in her last days. That's why this case is well known as the 44 days of hell. I mean, it's literally nothing but hell for 44 days. Um, by the time that she was found, they had completely removed her left nipple using pliers and they would pierce her boobs with sewing needles, her breasts. So not even just like her nipples, they would just put sewing needles into her breast. Yeah. With that, they said, you know, that's just not enough. That just wasn't enough for the boys. And so they decided, let's just start burning her. They would get lighters and they would burn her. They would, you know, take out cigarettes on her body. Oh. And it got really, really, really bad when anytime they'd get mad at her, they would start taping candles to her eyelids and let them slowly burn so that her eyes and her eyelids would get burned with hot wax.
1: What the fuck is this?
0: And then when they weren't satisfied with that... Do you know how light bulbs work? What does that mean? Light bulbs can't get too hot or they burst. Oh, really? Yeah. They heated up a light bulb and they forced it into her and they kept pressing on it and punching her until the light bulb exploded inside of her. That was 11 days in to the 44 days.
1: All of those were
0: 11 days in? Yeah. That wasn't the full 44 days. I mean, it sounds like, yeah, maybe she's done talking. Maybe she's done with the torture parts. Maybe that was the 44 days. No, that was 11 days in. And so at the 11-day mark, she's completely unable to breathe through her nose because she has so much swelling everywhere. Like, she, How do you
1: do this to some human in 10 days?
0: I don't even know. I don't know how she survived. I don't know how they have the energy and the evilness in their heart. Right. And I mean, just none of this case makes sense. And you're only going to get increasingly angrier because just wait till we talk about the convictions, okay? And so she's unable to breathe through her nose completely. I mean, it was due to all of the swelling that she had. She had insane internal organ trauma that she had a hard time accepting like pretty much any food and water, which then would piss off the boys more because they would try to feed her to keep her alive so that they could torture her more and she would immediately throw it all up. Because she had so much organ damage and they still would get angry. She gets severely dehydrated. She's constantly slipping unconscious, which would then piss off the boys even more. And they would dunk her head into water, to cold water in a bucket so that she'd wake up and they can continue to torture her. And at this point, something very, very fucked up happened. There was a guy by the name of Ihara. And Ihara has connections to the Yakuza. He was kind of part of it. And he hung out with the boys a lot. Now, they weren't particularly close. Like, they weren't, like, a best friend group or anything. And mm-hmm. Ihara happened to be one of the 100 people that were invited over to to rape Junko, right? <sighs> And so he comes and he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, I don't, she looks like she's in pain. I mean, she has swelling everywhere. Like, first of all, I don't even think I can get turned on because like her body is all messed up. Like she's bleeding everywhere. She has burns everywhere. I mean, her face is so swollen from all of the beating. Like she doesn't even look like just a normal 16-year-old girl. Like, I don't even think I can do this, even if I was that mean of a person. And so then the four boys started bullying him. And they said, listen, then you can't fucking be a part of our group. You can't be a part of the Yakuza. You can't do this. They're trying to
1: bully a Yakuza member.
0: Yeah. And so he got bullied into raping Junko. And he was young. You know, he was a younger member of the Yakuza. And so he goes home and he's like, what the fuck just happened? And so he tells his brother and uh-huh. subsequently, his brother tells his parents uh-huh. and the parents, they freak out and they immediately call the police. And they said, listen, it's at this Minato house. We have the address. He uh-huh. had a went. There are so many people just torturing this girl, raping this girl nonstop. She obviously is being held there against her will. Uh-huh. She's in pain. I mean, they're going to kill her. Right. And the police say, okay. We're going to go. We're going to go and check out the Minato house. Yeah. So two police officers were dispatched and they knock on the door. And they say, hi, uh, we were here because we got calls about a woman being here, held uh-huh. captive and being raped. Right. And the parents say, what? What are you talking about? And so they say, I mean, you could talk to my sons. Maybe they know something about it, but we we don't know anything. And so right. they say, you know, Shinji, come downstairs. The other brother come downstairs and they say, hey, officer, how can we help you? Is that the older brother? Yeah. Hi, hey, uh-huh. officer, how can we help you? And they say, hey, we just want to see, have you guys seen a girl around here? We got reports that there was a girl being assaulted inside this house. Uh-huh. You know, um, is there anything weird going on? And they said, a girl?
1: Uh-huh.
0: No, I mean, no. Maybe it was the wrong house. We haven't heard or seen anything. You're more than welcome to like come inside if you'd like. Uh-huh. And the officer said, oh, no, 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 it's it's fine. It's fine. Um, Thank you for your time, though. Sorry for being a burden. And they leave. Now the officers get into the car and they felt like that invitation alone was enough. Because if someone was holding someone captive in the house, why mm-hmm. would you ever invite two officers to just look through your house, to rummage through your house?
1: Why do you think the brother did that?
0: They probably knew.
1: They knew that the officer wouldn't come in?
0: Yeah because they were so just casual the parents were home i mean you're talking about nice looking parents that are like a girl we only have two sons nope. but they
1: have they know damn well what's going on
0: yeah what yeah and this was 16 days in to our captivity 16 days in of the 44 and Because of this, obviously, these officers later will receive a lot of backlash. They were fired because it's not standard procedure. This is not standard protocol to be like, oh, you said, okay, so let me just not do it and leave. Right. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. And the worst part about all of this is, you know, after all of the investigators and after all of these medical professionals, they took a look and they got all the statements from the boys and all of that. Uh They were able to determine that if the officers had gone in that day. Uh huh. She could have recovered. She probably would have a lot of lasting forever. Yeah, yeah. You know, but... She would have lived. Yeah, she would have lived. They think that if she was brought to a hospital that day, she would have fought and she would have lived. A couple days pass. This was the beginning of December. She was kidnapped around um, November 25th. So beginning of December or like middle... like first couple of weeks of December, okay? Mm-hmm. She was able to get a hold of a phone. So Junko was left in a room and she found a phone in there. Huh. And so she immediately rushes as fast as possible, which really wasn't that fast because for her to even get downstairs to use the restroom, it would take her an hour because of how how much damage was done to her body. And so she was able to crawl to the phone. Mm-hmm. and she dialed 911, and they pick up. Uh-huh. And before she can even get a word out, the boys open the door. And they grab the phone, they hang up, and they stare at her, and they're not doing anything yet because they know 911's going to call back. And uh-huh. they do. Uh-huh. And Hiroshi picks up, stares at Junko, and informs them it was just a silly mistake. It's a butt dial. Don't worry about it, officer. Everything's great here and hangs up and as punishment, I don't even know how to talk about this part. As punishment, they grab lighter fluid and gasoline and they pour it all over her legs. They set her on fire and this caused immense, I mean, let's not even talk about the pain, let's just talk about what happened. And so this caused an immense amount of pain to the point where physically her body could not handle it anymore. And she started having these seizures. And so she's convulsing in pain because also you're talking about a girl who literally was already so in so much physical pain from the past however many days that she couldn't even get to the phone that's in the same room as her without crawling and putting in every single second and every single inch of motivation and pure will. And she's 16, by the way. The boys, looking at this, they go, this bitch is faking it. How dare she fucking fake being in pain? And so they set out the fire. And so now she just has all these burns. And they proceed to pour more lighter fluid and gasoline to set her on fire a second time. They stuck... um. Large bottles of this very famous drink in Japan. It's like glass bottles into her anus. And a lot of them burst, which caused a lot of severe bleeding internally. When she was actually found later on, she was found with a lot of glass bottles in her rectum.
1: Like shattered glasses?
0: Yeah. And full-sized glass bottles that were still there. After this point, they still continued to rape her. They were really, really upset with her trying to call the police. They were really upset. I mean, obviously, by the two times they set her on fire, by all of the damage they did to her physically, but they just felt like they couldn't risk it anymore. They got her to hold her hands down and would drop barbells onto them. Literally, all of her hands and her fingers were completely shattered. Like, she couldn't use her hands or her fingers. She couldn't hold anything. Literally couldn't use them. With all of this, they were still really upset with the first thing, which is, they just felt like, why does Junko keep peeing herself? I mean, it doesn't make any sense. I mean... (laughs) just a stupid boy with ties to the yakuza just doesn't make sense why she can't hold in her pee and so they would get so fucking mad at her that she would pee the carpet that she would force herself to drag herself down the flight of stairs and it would take her an hour to get to the bathroom which is literally just a flight of stairs like you're not talking about some mansion like you're literally just talking about a flight of stairs and then the bathroom is right there
1: so she would like crawl to the bathroom
0: yes And even then, she wasn't able to hold her bowels at all. Like, it's not a choice anymore. And so they would continue to beat her. And this just became so, so intense. And... What happens when someone is, anytime you get burnt, you guys have probably experienced this, like maybe on like a stove, something minuscule, something uncomparable to what Junko went through. But I've burnt my hands like on stoves, on touching hot things. And anytime you get a burnt, if it's really, really bad, you start getting to that point where, okay, it's about to recover, but there's definitely some puss in there. Like there's, yes. there's going to be some shit that comes out. It's going to look like a giant pimple that's popped, right? And so it was getting to the point where she had that all over her body. I mean, there it was just so swollen. She was completely unrecognizable. Like, if you saw a picture of Junko at the, like, closer to the 44 end day mark, you would not be able to recognize that that's Junko or even a 16-year-old girl or even a human. Because her face was so swollen, burnt. Everything was just fucking burnt and swollen and just broken. Completely broken. And this was around the time that the boys were like, wow, she's so burnt that anywhere we touch, it just like starts oozing this puss. The burnt skin is decaying almost. It smells gross. And so at that point, they started losing sexual interest in her to the point where they said, okay, you know what? What? Let's go back to the park because we haven't done that in a while. Let's do it for old time's sake. So all four of them went to the park and they saw a 19-year-old woman on her way back from work. And they gang raped her.
1: I mean, I I just got to say, out of all the serial killer, like psychopath, all these people, these four boys are literally the most evil human beings
0: But what's ironic is that the Japanese justice system will still consider them boys. At this point, they're going around gang raping more people because Junko is not getting them off. And I say that with such anger. And like I, my stomach is in just a tied up bunch. At this point, she's just begging them to die. She says like, just get it over with. Like, I don't understand. Like, just kill me. You're You don't need me for anything anymore. Like, you're literally keeping me alive, and I'm in pain. Just get it over with. Just kill me. And they wouldn't. They kept her alive. Now, January 4th was the end of the 44 days. January 4th rolls around, and the boys are bored. They're sitting at home, and they decide, you know what? Let's play some Mahjong. So they're out playing and
1: Mahjong is uh it's like Chinese or Japanese poker. It's like mm. you play with these little blocks. It's like a game of Does
0: it require any intelligence?
1: Yeah, somewhat. There's strategies.
0: They challenge Junko to a game of Mahjong now keep in mind I mean her entire body is like first degree burns like she is in pain her fingers have just all broken fingers like completely shattered not even broken bones like the bones inside of her hands and fingers are shattered she's been through this for 44 days at this point and they challenge her to a game of Mahjong and she beats them
1: Oh no! she
0: wins the game Of mahjong. And this made the boys furious. Absolutely furious. Because how dare she be more intelligent than them? How dare she? And so they decided. What's a good punishment for this? I mean, obviously she has to be punished for being smarter than us and making us feel stupid. How do we punish her so that she never does that again? And so they decided... A two hour beating would be good because, I mean, she's already in pain. She has all this puss. Maybe if we beat her, the puss will come out and then everything will be OK again for us. And so for the next two hours, they will continuously beat her to the point where even afterwards, they were like in the middle of it, an hour into beating her. They said, oh, God, my hands are covered in puss. This is disgusting. And so they would grab plastic bags, put their hands into the plastic bags so that their hands wouldn't get dirty and they would keep beating her. And then she would convulse more and more because imagine the sheer pain. Her body is rejecting life pretty much. And that really pissed them off. And so they set her on fire again. One of the boys will later tell the authorities that in the beginning when she was set on fire initially, they knew that she was alive. Um, She was burnt alive pretty much because she tried to put out her own fire on her own body. And then she slowly stopped trying. So they obviously set off the fire because they don't want their house to burn down. Um, I'm so annoyed. I'm so angry. And so they didn't want the house to burn down. So they, they put the fire out and slowly she became unresponsive. I feel like that point is really, really important because After all of this, after the two-hour beating, she was still alive. She felt every single part of all 44 days. And even when she was murdered by being set on fire, she was conscious and alive when she was set on fire. And my fiance is holding his seat handles right now. (laughs) He's like literally filled with rage right now.
1: It's not even just rage. It's like I can't move.
0: Yeah, that was the feeling that I have. Like when I read cases that are really, really bad, I start getting this like very protective stance. I want to like protect my knees and my neck. It's very, very weird. So when I was researching this case, like... I didn't like the idea of like having my legs straight because I felt like the back of my knees were so vulnerable. I felt like my stomach was nodding. I felt like the need to constantly like rub my own neck for some reason.
1: Doesn't, doesn't these people make you question humanity in general?
0: Yeah. And then the idea of like, oh, well, good things happen to good people. Bad things happen to bad people. Like this case will literally just shut that idea down completely, utterly and irrevocably because I mean, it's fucking nuts. The four boys, they get really scared that she's completely unresponsive. And so they're like, fuck, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? And so they have this idea. They said, "Okay, instead of fessing up to the authorities or just kind of disposing of her body, we need to do it smart." We need to put her. We need to find one of those like big, big barrels, right? Those giant barrels that people like ship oil or like other things in. Mm -hmm. And so they bought one and they filled it with wet concrete and they put Junko in. And eventually, the concrete hardened.
1: That's like a popular method of decomposing, or.
0: It's popular and unpopular. So it's popular in the sense that a lot of people will do this when they live near big bodies of water. Right. And they'll dump that barrel into a big body of water. Right. Now, what's unpopular about this method is that when the body is found, I mean, you're going to have a pretty solid autopsy. You're going to have a pretty solid recognition of how this person looked when they died. That's why most people don't use this method. I feel like most people are more into the idea of like completely breaking down the body, mm. stuff like that, or completely breaking apart the body so that it's Which difficult is really to identify. Difficult too right. Yeah. Yeah yeah but also um are you interviewing me am i a serial killer
1: no 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 i'm just like whenever you talk about these (laughs) i always (laughs) imagine like the methods of people doing these things
0: yeah anytime i talk about like um all these methods and stuff i feel like some people are going to get it twisted and think i'm like a serial killer (laughs) so
1: they they think this is a good idea because why
0: They just felt like she wasn't going to be found. Mm. And she wasn't going to be found until something happened. And so eventually they took this wet. um, Well, now it was dry and she was completely encased in this concrete. So Mm -hmm. some people actually call this case the woman encased in concrete, which I just feel like doesn't really do it justice because 44 days of hell really explains it a lot better. And so she was eventually loaded By placing that drum, this concrete drum filled with Junko's body onto a cement truck that transported these things around. Mm -hmm. But it was a truck that wasn't widely used. It Mm -hmm. um, wasn't going to be used anytime soon. So it was just sitting in the back of this truck. And they felt like, well, if this truck moves and if this truck does anything, like, why would they connect it to us? We don't own a cement company. We don't own this truck. We have no business in cement. I mean, it's just be like, what? That's crazy news, right? Right. Until something caught up with them. Do you remember when I told you about how they were getting very, very not attracted to Junko because of all of the torture that they had put her through? And so they all went to the park and they gang raped a 19-year-old woman? Yes, Well, that 19-year-old woman lived, and she was going to the police nonstop, telling them, just demanding justice. Yeah. And finally, the police, after investigating, they found some witnesses. They found people talking about, oh, these boys do it all the time. I mean, we've seen these boys around a lot. Maybe it had something to do with these boys. Oh, I heard those boys are connected to the Yakuza. And so two of those boys, Uh um, Watanabe and Joe Ogura, they Uh were questioned. Okay. And for some reason, there was a mention of an open murder investigation. And the police, at this point, they weren't even looking for Junko. Because the parents stopped looking because everybody believed that Junko had run away. Right. And so they were talking about a different open murder investigation and the police weren't really even looking at the two boys as if they were murder suspects. Right. But the just the, even the sheer fact that the police were talking about an open murder investigation it got these boys so triggered. They yeah. were like, "Oh, why else would they mention this to us? There's absolutely a reason why they did this. They're trying to set us up. They they know. They know what we did." And so finally one of the boys said, "Okay, okay. If I if I tell you something, will I get a lesser punishment?" Which one? It was be Okay. The police were like, okay. And they have no idea what he's talking about. And they said, just go to the cement truck. It's here. And go through the drums of cement.
1: He freaking ratted out himself?
0: Because he thought that they knew about Chunko. And he wanted to get ahead <sighs> of the rest of the boys. And he felt like, listen, the other boys are going to give it up eventually. I might as well save myself. And give oh it up.
1: Oh my God. Dude. And
0: so the police, they didn't want to let him know that they have no idea what he's talking about. Yeah. And they really expected to find the other open murder investigation, which was a mom and a young boy. And so they expected to go to that concrete, you know, cement truck and find, sure enough, a mom and a young boy. Yeah. But it was to their surprise that they go through the drum and they found Junko. Now, when they found her, that was a completely different story because they didn't know it was Junko. They didn't know it was the girl that the parents came into the police station desperately looking for answers 44 days ago mm-hmm. because her face was completely unrecognizable. Like her face was so swollen, so burnt and so beat up that it they didn't even know if she was 16, if she was 60, like really no clue who this person was. What they did find out almost immediately was that she had significant damage to the uterus. Significant. But somehow, she was pregnant.
1: No fucking way.
0: Yeah. They also found many glass bottles in her rectum. It's like this orange sea glass bottle that's famous in Japan. Within days, all four boys are arrested. I mean, I don't even know how to get into the prosecution side because I'm just like filled with rage. (laughs) I'm just so angry. And these are moments where I feel like recently, especially on like my YouTube channel where I talk about stuff like this, I've had like some shocking realizations of how corrupt the American justice system is. I mean, it's something that I think everyone in true crime kind of has a basic understanding of, Mm -hmm. but it just, the more you look into it, just the more corrupt the justice system is. But in a case like this, it almost makes you feel somewhat secure in America. Somewhat. Not really, Mm. but somewhat. Because listen to this. Japan has always had very, very just controversial ways of doing things in terms of how they prosecute people Mm -hmm. and kind of Korea is like on the same page of this but Japan doesn't like to release the identities of people until that they're proven to be guilty Mm -hmm. which in you know when you think about it logically that should happen everywhere and it's like such a good thing right Mm -hmm. but in times like this it just makes you just so freaking angry and also if you had a case like this in the United States I mean I'm telling you, there's so many things fucked up in America. But if you had a case like this in the United States, you right. are looking at first degree murder for two different people. Because anytime you murder someone who's pregnant, usually they get charged for two murders uh. because you did murder the baby. The baby would have been born if the mom didn't die.
1: Right. 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 Okay.
0: Um, And so in that situation, when a pregnant woman is murdered and it's so gruesome and it's so disgusting and it's so preplanned and it's all of these things, I mean, you would have the whole world trying to burn them. Mm hmm you know, trying to just do everything so that they get the harshest sentence. Well, in Japan, the justice system thought, you know, despite the intense brutality of all of these things, we're going to seal the identities of these people because they're juveniles. You know, a lot of the crimes happened when they were 17 or 18. You know, some of them, the murder happened at 18. But either way, we're not going to let society know who these boys are because once they get out of prison, they should have the right to find a job. They should have the right to carry on with their lives and really rehabilitate afterwards we don't want them to get bullied by the press and this was such a fucking bad idea to the point where there was this huge news outlet this Uh huge media company that said um no we did some digging we had private investigators we have journalists and we found the identities of these boys and they don't deserve any rights and they released all of the boys to the public
1: and what was everybody's reaction
0: absolutely just shocked just shell-shocked i mean at this point like this was an infamous case in japan
1: did yakuza get involved or
0: no okay a lot of people think that the yakuza got involved secretly and that was why the boys had such low sentences but it didn't seem like the yakuza denounced anything or like started Mm. protesting against the boys or anything like that Mm. I mean, this was so intense that even in court where they were listing off all of the torture, all of the crimes committed, mm-hmm. people were fainting in the courtroom. I mean, like literally someone who had no connection to the boys, no connection to Junko fainted in the courtroom because of these details. And the way they told these details probably wasn't even like me right. where I like, really got into it. It was probably like, OK, crime number one. Blank, this is what they did. Crime number two, blank, this is what they did, right? Yeah, but they probably went in
1: detail about everything.
0: And probably had pictures. And so, you know, they fainted. And all four boys pled guilty to not murder, not murder in the first degree, not two counts of murder in the first degree, or even the second degree, or the third degree, but rather... Committing bodily injury that resulted in death. That is the equivalent of you punching someone because you got into a bar fight and that punch was so hard that they got brain damage and then they ended up dying. That's what committing bodily injury that resulted in death means. Whereas murder is like, hey, I'm going to kill you.
1: Right, right, right. So they say that was an accident.
0: Yeah. So we committed bodily injury and then it resulted in death. But like death wasn't our end game is pretty much what they were saying.
1: And the court say, okay.
0: Yeah. The court said, okay. And this caused outrage in Japan. I think that one of the reasons that things happen so differently in Japan than it would have in a lot of different countries is I kind of feel this way. Mm -hmm. I kind of feel this way about Asian culture, a lot of Asian culture. A lot of the times it's like that feeling of like, don't get involved. Like, don't get involved into things. Mm -hmm. And so, I feel like if this happened in like more Western countries, I mean, you would see just fucking riots and protest, which is exactly what needs to happen in situations. I mean, it was outrage, Uh but it wasn't so much outrage and so much action that the court had to do something else. Gotcha. Okay. And so, Hiroshi, who was 18 at the time, this was the boy who confessed his love for Junko and then got. Rejected and thus created all of this. Uh-huh. He was 18 at the time of the murder. 18. Mm-hmm. He was an adult. Okay. In July of 1990, he was sentenced to 17 years for the crime. So
1: he will be out for 30. At 35.
0: Yeah. He's out now. He was sentenced to 17 years for the crime. Um, he tried to appeal the sentence. He said, listen, I mean, that's obviously too long for what I did. I don't deserve 17 years, maybe like two, but not 17. And so he appealed his sentence Uh and the judge gave him 20 years just for the audacity of trying to appeal the sentence. Now, this is where it gets even more weird, right? This was the second highest sentence given to anyone before life imprisonment and so it seems like japan doesn't really have like a middle ground so what i'm getting from this is that either you get life imprisonment or you get like 20 years or less but you don't get like 40 years you don't get 60 years i mean my confusion with the case actually just lies in the fact that i don't understand how these boys didn't get life imprisonment
1: right but i mean
0: the fact that it was just 20 was weird like don't be shy like put some more let's do life
1: yeah but and and the public didn't like that right yeah
0: the public hated it because you're also not talking about boys who said it was an accident who showed remorse or said hey that wasn't me you've got the wrong guy you're you're talking about four boys who said yeah we did that yeah like no remorse at this point hiroshi's parents sold their house do you
1: know uh, Junko's parents reaction to this
0: i mean they were outraged the mom had to go under like heavy psychiatric treatments because i mean your daughter yeah. and i'm sure there's so much guilt and pain of why didn't i just keep looking like why didn't like i heard her voice i should have known that that's not who she is mm-hmm. i should have known to keep calling the police i should have known to do this a b c yeah. and d that's yeah. probably where it like first starts, and then to hear about how she lived for forty four days. I mean, I've never been to Japan. I've never even met Junko. I don't know anything about these people really, other than what this case is about. And I can't sit here with a straight back and like say these things. Like I'm like curving my back. My stomach is in knots. I have sweaty ass palms.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So imagine if that's your kid. And you so you couldn't even
1: sleep while well that after you oh, researched yeah. this.
0: Yeah, I had so many nightmares and it was was just, yeah. And so Hiroshi's parents, they sold their family home and they sent Junko's parents about $425,000. I think it was, um, you know, I don't know how to feel about it. I think Junko's parents deserve a lot more. I understand maybe it wasn't the parents' fault, but I don't know. I, like, I that just doesn't sit yeah. right with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just feels like I would hate...
1: I mean, when you're underage, everything the kid does... Is the parent. Right, the parents has yeah. responsibility for everything the kid does. So what the hell happened allowed this kid to be out every day raping people?
0: Yeah. And then I also would hate that... I don't want Hiroshi to feel like, oh, because his parents paid this restitution, that he shouldn't feel guilt or shame. Because it doesn't seem like he does. A lot of people that have met him after he's been released from prison, he talks about Junko. I mean, it's not something that he avoids. It's not something where if you bring it up or anybody in the friend group brings it up that he feels uncomfortable or like, oh, let's just not talk about it, guys. I mean, he talks about it. He tells the story about it as if it's just this, just a story, no way. Yeah, I he's mean, alive right now. He's like in his thirties or something, like maybe late thirties, early forties. What 40s? the fuck? Yeah. Um. He was denied parole in 2004. He was released in 2010, so 10 years ago he was released, and he was in his he was 38 at the time of release.
1: So now he's 48.
0: Yeah. So now he's 48, which is still alive and well. And um, he was arrested again in 2013 Uh for fraud. Oh, my
1: God. Yeah. I just.
0: But then they didn't have enough evidence. So they had to drop the charges and he was released from hold. Uh Uh-huh. And that's it. Yeah. He hasn't really been in legal trouble. He hasn't really been in the public eye. But there are people that say that if you do know him or if you know someone who knows him, the weird thing is. He's never once showed remorse, never even at his trial, sentencing, his parole, his release, his 2013 arrest, never once showed remorse. And if you know him, he talks about Junko as if it's just a childhood story of his.
1: Yeah, he's 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 this. This is a psychopath who's
0: just out and about now. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking about a full. I mean, he changed his name. In japan the media outlets keep looking for the change names and releasing them so good on them yeah but i mean
1: (laughs) that's insane yeah like you talk about these serial killers psychopaths they're all in jail or dead Dead, yeah but here's the dude 48 years old and just out and about
0: just out and about living his life in japan
1: what about the other three boys
0: so Minato. Shunji Minato, who has now changed his name as well, he was 16 at the time of the murder, and it happened inside of his home. So this is the Minato house where the 44 days of torture took place, and he received four to six years in prison. Four, two, six, four, one, two, three, four. Not 40, not 14. One, two, three, four. And at max, he would serve one, two, three, four, five, six, six, six years. Sorry. At max,
1: he would be out by 22.
0: Yes, but then he appealed and the judge got really annoyed that he appealed. And so then he was given five to nine years. I mean, this happened inside of this guy's house. Right. He was given five to nine years. And like, oh. I really hate when people say, you know, I mean, they were kids, they were underage. When you're six, like, I feel like when you just say that out loud, Maybe you could just kind of accept it without actually thinking about it, but really think about when you were 16.
1: This guy's obviously dangerous.
0: Yeah. And out of these four boys, three of them will get rearrested. So Hiroshi got rearrested in 2013 for fraud. And... (laughs) I mean, Minato gets arrested again later. (laughs) When you're 16, the saying, well, they're just a kid. They don't know any better. That applies to like stealing a chocolate bar from the gas station. I don't know. Smoking a blunt. Like it does not apply for raping and murdering a girl over 400 times. And what's even crazier is that he was underage. So fine, let's say he was 16 at the time of the murder and you're giving him such a light sentence because he's a juvenile. What about the parents and the brother who were not underage, who were over the age and they saw all of this happening? Yes. In America and a lot of other countries, they would be charged. Right. They were not.
1: Because...
0: They just weren't. And this completely, completely shocked... Jungo's parents and like the rest of the world. I mean, they were just shell shocked. If you are going to give an excuse of, well, these boys are kids and just serve them these light ass sentences because boys will be boys. Then charge the parents with something really harsh. Right. So. Show someone getting the consequences of this. But um, no, they weren't charged. And so Junko's parents were really upset. They filed a civil suit against the Minato parents. Uh-huh. And it doesn't really say, I tried to look up a couple different articles, how uh-huh. much they won or what they won from the civil suit, but they did win okay. the civil suit. And so after Minato was released from prison, he moved in immediately with his mom and
1: uh-huh. he never
0: worked He literally never worked. He just mooched off of his parents. And in 2018, he was arrested for attempted murder.
1: No Um, fucking
0: way. Yeah, just listen to this. I feel like this will tell you enough about Monato and enough about how that sentence just didn't do anything for him because a lot of the times i realize people try to give younger people lighter sentences because you want them to be able to have the rest of their lives to make up for it and get a job and do these things and try to be a normal person but in 2018 he was arrested for attempted murder and Mm -hmm. so the police say why did you try to murder this guy and he says whoa 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 look at who you're talking to i i I had no intent to kill him what are you talking about I did not try to kill this man. All I did was beat him with a metal rod because he was pissing me off. And then so what? I slashed his throat. But like, how does that mean I'm trying to kill him? Yeah, that was his excuse. He beat a man, a 32 year old man with a metal rod and then slashed his throat and then complained that he had absolutely no intent to kill and that these charges were ridiculous.
1: These are like literally fucking
0: evil. Just yeah. Like pure evil in human form. And so that was in 2018. I believe he's serving time for it. Watanabe, Yasushi Watanabe, is actually the only one that wasn't rearrested. He was given three to four years initially, appealed, and it was upgraded to a five to seven year sentence. Um, He's been pretty quiet. It seems like he has tried to get a job and do these things afterwards. I probably would never, ever, ever say he's doing the right thing or he's a good person, but he doesn't seem as psychopathic as the rest. I mean, I still think that he's not a good person. (laughs) And obviously he deserves a lot more time, but like the fact that these three are that fucked up, like almost makes him seem good. And so then, lastly, you have Joe Ogura. He served eight years in prison, and these sentences
1: are so insane.
0: Yeah, it makes you want to literally just—I don't even know. Yeah, I don't even know. Yeah, and he was really fucked up. He's really fucked up. I don't even know how to just. So he served eight years. He then, once he was released, he really boasted about everything. He'd be like, oh yeah, you've seen me on the news, haven't you? I'm Joe. Yeah, I kidnapped and murdered and tortured Junko. Like, you've seen me on the news, haven't you? That's me. And he would boast about it, literally, to everyone. He'd go to a corner store and buy some fucking 7-Eleven snacks and he'd boast about it there to the cashier, to the other customers. Like, that he just... Loved talking about it and bragging about it. In July of 24, um, 2004, he assaulted an acquaintance of his who was a really good guy friend. Like he was friends with this dude. And what really made him mad was like he felt like his girlfriend was flirting with him. The guy friend. And so instead of just. Whose girlfriend? Joe's girlfriend. Joe has a girlfriend. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Now, you would think that, okay, well, after someone's been released from prison, especially with these light sentences, maybe they had lots of just rehabilitation, maybe they understand the consequences and how to just live life normally. He didn't really, he didn't ask his girlfriend if there was something going on. He didn't ask his guy friend like, hey, I just wouldn't like it if you would stop talking to my girlfriend that way. Or, hey, girlfriend, could you just not talk to this guy like that? Instead, he thought the only appropriate thing to do was to kidnap the guy and beat him for four hours while bragging about how he can easily get away with murder and how he could easily just murder him for flirting with Joe's girlfriend, his girlfriend, and nothing would happen to him. He's done it before. And he would beat him while he tells him about the torture and the murder and all the things that he's done before in life, specifically to Junko. And so obviously he was this 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 guy ended up escaping, which good on him. And he ended up going to the police and Joe got another seven years for assault, which is crazy because he only served eight years for the murder and assault and rape and torture of Junko, but got seven years for beating up a guy. For four hours you're talking about four hours versus 44 days i just don't understand huh. he was released after seven years so i was in 2004 so i'm assuming he was released in like 2010 something The crazy thing about this one is that his father had been saving up a restitution. So all of the boys' families owed Junko's parents money, right? Mm -hmm. So they all had restitution. And his entire father's savings was to pay for that restitution. Mm
1: -hmm. Joe
0: ended up stealing that savings account and blowing every last penny on luxury goods so that Junko's family wouldn't get a penny from them. Oh my
1: God, dude. Just like
0: freaking... No, it gets worse. And he didn't do this out of his love for Gucci or Chanel. He did this out of the sheer spite of he didn't want Junko's family to get anything. And I think I know where he got that personality from because this is alleged, but it's been pretty much heavily confirmed. But I'm just going to use alleged for legal reasons and probably safety reasons. But his mom vandalized Junko's grave Because she went around telling everyone that Junko ruined her son's life. And she would go to the grave and just vandalize it. Joe's mom would go around saying Junko ruined his life. I'm sure Joe doesn't think any smarter. I feel like this is literally a situation of the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Mm -hmm. As a mom, you should literally just tuck your tails. Ask yourself where you fucked up that your kid did this. I mean, it just makes me so angry. At this point in time, all four of them are out and about, it seems. All four of them have changed names. All four of them are still living and alive. And they're not so old. I mean, a lot of serial killers would still kill and commit gruesome, gruesome crimes till 50, 60. Like, they're not 90 where they literally can't do any crimes because they physically cannot. Mm -hmm. Like, you're talking about very, very dangerous people who have the physical, mental, obviously, capabilities of committing more crimes
1: do you think these are the most evil people you've read about
0: yes this is probably the most evil case i've ever done research on there's just so many questions i think and there's just so many feelings i feel like with a lot of cases it's not good but everyone still somehow can identify with the criminal to like a one percent degree Not saying that you relate or not saying that you like them or you think it's okay that they did this, but like, okay, so this person was abused their entire life and they grew up to abuse their own kid. You know, it just, for some reason you can kind of understand, but with these four boys, I just do not understand. And I do not understand the justice system. That's why a lot of people think that the Yakuza had a lot of ties with Mm. the judge And there's also, like, this speculation that if these boys ended up getting a lot of time, then it would just, like, make the Yakuza look so bad.
1: Like, look so weak.
0: Look so weak, but also make them look so bad. In terms of, like, if it's a really bad crime, of course they're going to get a lot of time. But Mm. this is, like, guys, boys will be boys type of shit. Because they got, like, what? Fucking eight years. (laughs) I mean, a lot of people that don't live in Japan have a lot of pickles to pick about the Japanese justice system. I mean, they were one of the last countries, I believe, to my knowledge, that got rid of the statute of limitations, I think now, Mm -hmm. which means back in the day, if you murdered someone and then the statute of limitations was over, even if you went and told the whole world you murdered someone, you wouldn't go to jail, Mm -hmm. which is crazy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What do you think these kids deserve, or these four?
0: Um, Politically, I think they deserve life in prison. As a human and as a female, I think they deserve exactly what they did. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be upset if in prison, a bunch of people shoved glass bottles up their ass. I wouldn't even pretend to be upset, to be real. I'd just be like, oh, don't be shy, do some more. Now I sound like a serial killer, (laughs) so I gotta go. Wait, do we have comments for podcasts? And like let me know in the comments your thoughts. <laughs> wow, we're so noobs. We're gonna we're gonna research this. We're gonna feel figure out if there's comments.
1: Eye bleach.
0: Ah, go on Reddit and there's a subreddit called eye bleach. Now once you go on there, you're gonna wanna rank everything from top. Okay? Do top of all time if this is your first time on there, and you're gonna see some really, really, really cute shit. Like Like you're gonna see fucking dogs and cats napping together. You're gonna see a dog dressed up as a lion, but instead of a lion's mane, it's a watermelon. And so it's like a dog with its face inside of a watermelon. You're gonna see a bunch of dogs trying to eat sprinklers. That's a popular (laughs) one. Yeah. 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 Oh, my God. There was this one where this they found these ducks, like these baby ducks, these Uh ducklings that were just abandoned. Uh And so they brought them to this very famous duck pond. And one of the ducks, she recently had babies. She just immediately took those ducks as her own. She's like, you're mine now. And they just started following her. She started (laughs) taking care of them. Yeah. uh And it's really going to help you recover from this case because (sighs) it's a tough one. But I hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. Let me know what other really, really what other cases you guys want me to cover. I know that there is I know everyone's gonna request this and it's gonna come in a couple podcasts, probably not the one right after, but there is what people compare as the American version of Junko. There is what a is young that? girl who was tortured and murdered and assaulted, and her name's Sylvia, and I'll get into that case eventually. Huh. But maybe the next podcast won't be. I don't know. We'll see. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Thank you guys for loving the first episode. Um, We were somehow able to finesse our way into the top 10 of the Apple Top Shows podcast, which like I already know is only going to last like 24 hours, but I took hella screenshots (laughs) and now my fiance (laughs) won't stop calling me top top 10.
1: Number 10. (laughs) I'll literally do
0: something and he'll be like, number 10. Hey, number 10, where you at? (laughs) So thank you guys. You literally made my day. <laughs> I love you guys so much. And That's I'll the s-
1: peak what? of this podcast.
0: <laughs> literally. It's the peak of my life actually yeah. and my career. So thank you. Thank you so much. I will try one more time to, to do something. Like I'll I'll be okay with like top 1000 now. <laughs> so I'll see you guys in the next podcast next week. On Wednesdays. Hump day. Ah. Uh,